You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am Garrett Ashley Mullet, your host. And this is episode 73 of this program. Today, we are going to talk about the impeachment of President Donald John Trump, which was voted on by the House of Representatives. They voted in favor unanimously as Democrats. And also, from what I have heard, 10 Republicans also voted for impeachment. The 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment were of two sorts, as has been mentioned by Ben Shapiro and others. The 10 who voted for impeachment are of either of two sorts. One being Republicans who think that Trump actually did commit an impeachable offense in calling for a Stop the Steal, Save America protest to make its way over to the Capitol building where several uh, dozen, several hundred protesters became rioters when they became violent with police officers. They broke into the building. They stormed the building. They destroyed uh, public property or the people's property. And they threatened, or at least the uh, elected representatives that were present that were voting on certifying the results of the Electoral College vote from the 2020 election felt like their lives were threatened, and that may well be. Who's to say what would have happened had police not restored order, had the National Guard not come in and cleared the area, had President Trump not directed that everyone, all the protesters, go home. But The question really is not what every man Jack did in the protests or even in the riot. The question is, what did President Trump do? And what did President Trump say, moreover? Now, I remember listening to the speech last Wednesday, the 6th, and hearing President Trump specifically saying that the protest needed to be peaceful. I remember seeing the announcements ahead of time calling for a peaceful protest. It was explicitly stated, and I don't know what more responsibility he has besides that. Did he explicitly call for destruction of property? Did he tell them to storm the building? Did he tell them to be violent? How much should he have emphasized the need for peaceful protest? That is a question which a very many Americans uh, really are not asking because A lot of us, if Trump is our guy, we think he did nothing wrong, right? Some of us, no matter even if he had called for storming the building and threatening property and threatening lives and hurting people and becoming violent, would still support him. And that is a side issue. That is not what we're diving into today. A number of Americans, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or what have you, would want to impeach the president and have wanted to impeach the president for four years. And it was just a question of finding excuses that sounded legitimate enough because 
What it really boils down to is personal animosity. It really boils down to hating him, loathing and utterly detesting him as a person because of the things that he says, and maybe even more to the point, the things that he has done and is doing and was going to do. So they wanted to impeach the president, not just once, but twice. They impeached him the first time for a phone call to the Ukraine asking for information, asking for dirt, asking for cooperation on the Bidens. And the interesting thing, the funny thing about that is that the information and cooperation that President Trump was looking for really did come down to uh, corruption on the part of the Bidens. You had Hunter Biden working for Burisma, which was a Ukrainian gas company that was under investigation by the Ukrainian government. A prosecutor ended up getting fired after Vice President, then Vice President, Joe Biden, threatened to withhold uh, aid, foreign aid, from the United States to the country of Ukraine as they were engaged in a conflict with Russia. And the question of conflicts of interest is really not a question in my mind. And in most fair-minded Americans' uh, cases, it was not a question of was there corruption. It was a question of why was this not dealt with? And even that is not necessarily a question because we know the answer to the question. It's a rhetorical question. We know that the reason why nothing was done about it is because, for one thing, this has become all too commonplace in American politics with establishment politicians of both parties, that there is a pay-to-play scheme, that there is pork that is loaded into legislation and into policy proposals, into how resources and funds and favors are allocated, whether they are distributed or withheld from distribution based on strings attached, based on personal favors, based on support for personal campaigns or for family members in the case of the Bidens who have lucrative positions with foreign entities or with domestic entities which are contingent on being able to call in favors and having inside information. Now, if this were a private company and somebody like, let's say, Martha Stewart had inside information and started trading based on inside information, you might well find that even a very famous person, a well-connected person, even a well-liked person would end up in jail or in prison for an extended period of time. They would lose their ability to even hold a job in the private sector, much less in government. But by the nature of the corruption, when people in high office in this country are the ones who are playing dirty and using their position for personal gain in a corrupt fashion, it is also very difficult to hold them accountable because who's watching the watchers, right? So in the case of the storming of the Capitol building, I think it is fair to say that in the minds of many Trump supporters, the problem is Washington, D.C. The problem is not Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump was a response to the problem as we saw it. We voted for President Trump in 2016 and again by 75 million votes in 2020. And the reaction that we wanted from our government, from our political and cultural institutions in this country, was to be taken seriously for a change and not taken seriously as a threat but as the rightful rulers of 
this country. This is supposed to be a representative form of government in which we pick our representatives to rule on our behalf as public servants. And that has been forgotten in the halls of power to a very great extent. Term limits are a non-starter because the people who would be deciding the term limits are the people who benefit from there being no term limits. Accountability for corruption for a high official like Joe Biden, soon to be President Joe Biden, is a non-starter because the people who would be bringing that accountability are themselves within reach for repercussions, for threats to themselves and their families and their friends if they try to bring accountability. And unfortunately, tragically, so often what the case is, is that everything is boiled down to partisan politics instead of the question being asked, is this objectively right and true? So few Americans compared with what it used to be, how it used to be in decades past or centuries past, so few Americans believe in any objective standard of truth and goodness. And so when you say that somebody has violated a standard or the standard of right conduct and integrity and good ethics and good governance, the response from an alarming percentage of the population is, like Pontius Pilate with Jesus standing before him, what is truth? The response from the halls of power is very similar to that which Caiaphas had when the Sanhedrin met to discuss Jesus being put on trial. Better that one man should perish than that the whole nation should be thrown into turmoil. And so we have in the case of establishment Republicans who voted for impeachment of President Trump, not an ob objectivity regarding these things. There was a calculating decision made in some cases because the establishment felt threatened by Trump all along from when he came down the escalator at Trump Towers and announced that he was running for president. They felt threatened because he was not beholden to them. Those strings that they attach to the things that they do foreign uh, policy-wise or domestically, they did not have any strings on him. And so for the past four years, our establishment media and our establishment uh, corporate culture and our establishment politicians worked tirelessly to undermine, to box out, to stonewall, and to destroy Trump and anybody connected with him, anybody that had the courage to join in in this Make America Great Again campaign. And the reason for this is that so many of these people who make up the powers that be are not really in love with America. They love themselves. They are lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of the good. And so to have some movement, whether you believe Trump was authentically uh, intending to represent it or just uh, cynically using and hijacking this uh, sentiment, whether you believe that or not, so many Americans did believe in that and they voted accordingly. And to a surprising extent, President Trump actually carried out the promises that he made or endeavored to. And when he failed to carry out the promises, very often the reason was because our system does have checks and balances. And so many of those checks and balances are not working in favor of our collective security and prosperity. 
they are working against our collective security and prosperity for the interests of those persons who make up the bureaucratic state and who occupy in terms without limit the positions of congressmen and senators and other such offices. It got so bad, and we all saw this after the 2020 election, that lawsuits filed by states, by the president himself, could not even get their day in court, not even the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court of the United States of America, because the persons bringing the suits supposedly did not have standing to bring those cases. And it really does beg the question of, if they did not have the standing to bring those cases, who would? If they did not have the right to challenge what happened in the 2020 election, who would? And so all of this is completely sidestepped. Just like the Ukraine impeachment, we don't talk about what Joe Biden did. We don't talk about what Hunter Biden did. We don't talk about what President Obama allowed and participated in. We don't talk about that. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, young man. We don't talk about that. The real problem is that President Trump, that bad orange man, was trying to bring accountability into this equation, into this circumstance. So also, when there is a Stop the Steal protest, when there are United States senators and congressmen and congresswomen who plan to and are in the midst of objecting to the certification of fraudulent electors and their votes from states that changed their voting laws and policies and procedures in the middle of the election, Mid-game, the rules of the game were changing to favor one side, to favor one team over and against the other. As this was happening, as this was being challenged last Wednesday on the 6th, the real story became not the fraud, not the theft, not the corruption, not the cowardice, not the calumny, not the coordinated effort to bury Trump and the 75 million Americans who voted for him. The real story, we were told, was that some people broke into the Capitol building and made a mess and caused some disruption and scared some folks. Well, I'm sorry, but I failed to see how that is justifiably the big, big story here, if indeed the claims of fraud in the 2020 election are valid. Why is the big story here not that big tech has censored conservatives, including but not limited to the President of the United States of America, asserting a kind of dominance like it's the pack leader here. And we all need to kowtow and bow and scrape and worship Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg unless we are prepared to lose our voice, lose our business, lose our license, lose our reputation, 
lose everything. You keep quiet. You don't go there. You don't talk about that. If you try to talk about that, we're going to delete your account. We're going to talk about disbarring you, even if you're Senator Ted Cruz from Texas or Senator Josh Hawley from, I believe, either Missouri or Arkansas. I don't remember which. I think one of those two states. The fact of the matter is you have two United States senators being threatened in the climate that we now find ourselves in, threatened for daring to stand up and think independently and speak truth to power. This is the real scandal. It is not to say that storming the Capitol was justified. It is not to say that defecating in the Capitol was justified. Although, as an aside, and we'll come back to the main topic in just a second, but as an aside, the spectacle that goes on so often in that Capitol, in Congress, the spectacle that was going on in the certification of those electoral college votes is a far more foul, nasty, gross, disgusting stench on this country than some protesters who lost their marbles breaking into the building and pooping on the floor. That is gross, but what is even more gross and has a far more lasting kind of contamination is the certification of fraudulent votes, fraudulent electoral college votes, which should have never made it that far in the process. They make it to a certain point, and then the objection is, well, there's nothing that can be done about it now. Not did fraud occur, but what can be done about it? A shrugging of the shoulders, oh, well, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Pretty soon, when people who voted for Trump lose their job and lose their business and lose their license and lose their home and they can't take out a loan for a new home and when they're being threatened with physical bodily harm in quote-unquote mostly peaceful protests, when they're being thrown in jail and prison for daring to defend their property and their lives from would-be quote-unquote mostly peaceful protesters, the same response is going to just carry on with momentum. Well, that's just the way it goes. What can you do? It's too late to stop it now. I guess that person's going to be destroyed, and that person's going to be destroyed, and that person's going to be destroyed. This corruption that was not stopped but was rather certified is going to beget more corruption that will not be stopped and will be certified. And before you know it, you wake up in an America you don't recognize, in an America that does not feel like your home because you are in exile in place. And as Christians, that's what we believe. That's what the text says, is that we are exiles. We are aliens in a foreign land. This earth is not our home, and that this is a fallen creation. And yet, even so, Jeremiah 29, 7 in a word from the Lord in the biblical scriptural sense, says, seek the welfare of the city to which you have been brought by God, to which Yahweh your God has brought you in your exile, 
for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of the city and pray for the welfare of the city. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. Build homes and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have children and give your children in marriage. Multiply and do not decrease. Boy, howdy, does that look like a difficult prospect when the economy is crashing around your ears because the results of the election were certified corruptly. I listened to Al Mohler's broadcast, and I have been dismayed to find him pivoting so deftly on the storming of the Capitol building. And all of the episodes of his program that I've listened to in the past week, I have not once heard him give even a brief mention to the concerns of so many Americans, so many millions upon millions upon millions of Americans, that what was certified last week by very respectable people was fraud. It was certified fraud. That is why they were protesting, folks. It's not that they were sore losers in their minds. It's not even that they could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that fraud occurred. It's that there were a great many irregularities, which added up to a statistical impossibility that the election was won fair and square. And they showed up to remind their elected representatives who they are supposed to be serving from a human standpoint. They're supposed to be serving the American people. And instead, what happened was they found themselves turned into the enemy. Instead of the elected representatives being considered the enemy of the people, since they are using and abusing in a parasitical fashion the American people to enrich themselves, to empower themselves, to get glory for themselves for a brief moment until their corruption is found out and God ultimately will have justice. Believe that. Instead, the American men, women, and children who believe that this country is worth loving and worth seeking the welfare of in a lasting way, in a good-hearted way, in a wholesome way, they now live in a country where they are openly derided and mocked and they are railed against. And it really does give credence to what President Trump, who is still your president, was saying for years, which was that the Democrats and the establishment Republicans and our establishment media and our social media giants, they weren't after Trump. They were after us. And he was standing in the way. And that's why they wanted to destroy him, is because you can't have the helots getting uppity and forgetting their rightful place. This is... Hayek's road to serfdom, folks. We're the serfs. This is the new slavery. Welcome to America 2.0, which loves socialism, which teaches your children that communism is good and that capitalism is evil, which teaches your children that if their skin is white or lighter, that makes them less than, that makes them inferior morally, than everyone else in the world. It makes them evil, it makes them corrupt. Their white skin is corrupt. 
Welcome to America 2.0, where loving God and country makes you a corrupt, evil Nazi, supposedly. You keep it to yourself, and if you can't do that, well then, you go in the timeout box. You get solitary confinement. You get ostracized. You get ejected from your place of business. Your movie doesn't get made. Your book doesn't get published. You get disbarred. You get thrown out. You get evicted. You get threatened. If that's not enough to shut you up, your life will be threatened. Your family's life will be threatened. Josh Hawley, Senator, United States Senator, had Antifa show up at his house to threaten his wife and newborn child because he had gone on the record as saying he was going to object to the certification of these electoral college votes. That is what has just been elected. Not Joe Biden. Joe Biden might be the president, but he is a figurehead for the bureaucratic state, for the deep state. He's a figurehead for Antifa and Black Lives Matter. He's a figurehead for the most radical people that he doesn't have a handle on. They have a handle on him. He's the puppet now. It is unfortunate that people like Al Mohler, people who have a great deal of understanding, can be so naive and unfortunately so respectable that they end up showing partiality in certifying also the results of the election to such an extent that anybody that protests is all lumped in together with rioters and looters. Now forget for a moment that Black Lives Matter was burning cities down across the country, burning private businesses down and assaulting police officers and killing police officers and assaulting private citizens and murdering private citizens. Forget that they were terrorizing the entire country because all that matters now is that the serfs, the helots, the deplorables lost patience, some of them. They felt desperate, like animals backed into a corner, and they got rowdy. Maybe, unless it was Antifa. But I'm willing to, for the sake of argument, say these were Trump supporters. All of them. No Antifa, even though Antifa said ahead of time that they were planning to show up and dress up like Trump supporters, like MAGA supporters, infiltrate the crowd, cause trouble, make the Trump supporters look bad. Let's just say for the sake of argument that this was Trump supporters. They watched, not just for one year, but for years on end, our mainstream media, even with buildings burning in the background, say, that's mostly peaceful. It's peaceful. It's protest. They kept calling riots protests. And now, in Washington, D.C., when a couple hundred thousand Americans show up because they're afraid that they have lost their country, but this might just possibly be their last chance to save it and to prevail on, to shame or encourage those who are wishy-washy and on the fence among their congressmen, among their senators. Now they are all called rioters and they're put on no-fly lists like they're terrorists, all of them. This is not just a double standard. This is abject, naked contempt and hatred. And the unfortunate reality 
the truth of the situation is it very quickly turns into open season on the whole lot of them. And not from a you get arrested and thrown in jail perspective, but from the you get drug out into the street and shot perspective. If you don't, shut up, keep it to yourself, and mind your own business, and ask how high whenever you're told to jump by somebody of the left. That's what happens in the kind of country that we are becoming historically, not hypothetically, not figuratively, not poetically, literally, and in the history of these countries. And so many people from all over the world emigrated to the United States of America from those countries to save their wives and their children and their grandchildren from having to live under that kind of tyranny and oppression. And a lot of very stupid, smug, self-impressed fools in this country have just thrown away that shining city on the hill to get their 30 pieces of silver. Like Judas, they realized that there was some small reward for them if they became turncoats. And right now, it's rhetoric. And right now, it's angry arguments back and forth between family and friends on social media or in person. But listen to me when I say that soon enough becomes you're informing on those same friends and family members and they get hauled off to the gulag because the state ran out of money and they don't pay you anymore, but they leave you be because you're the informant. Snitching on that small business owner because they're beyond capacity and they're allowing people to come into their establishment without a mask on or dine in or whatever, that soon enough becomes snitching on somebody who said the wrong thing, who said something critical of the powers that be, because you're trying to curry favor. This happened in China. This happened in Russia. This happened in Cuba. This happened in Venezuela. Not hypothetically, literally happened. And people from those countries came to America to get away from it. And what have we done with their refuge? All this nonsense about how we were supposed to let in Syrian refugees a number of years back because of the civil war in that country between the Assad regime and, in very many cases, the folks that became ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. Those folks were supposed to come to this country because their country was being torn apart by a civil war. We had a responsibility to bring them all in, no matter how different their culture was, no matter if some of them were terrorists, if a lot of them were terrorists. We had no way of verifying who they were, why they wanted to come into this country. That was before ISIS had been decimated by a American military that was unleashed and unshackled. The rules of engagement that Obama had put on our military were designed to keep us from winning, to punish us and to humiliate us on the world scene. And now what we find is that we are not going to be a refuge for anybody. In fact, 
we might well become refugees in need of some other country to take us in. And this evil, wicked, satanic lie that is peddled about those Americans who loved their country and didn't want it to become a socialist, tyrannical hellscape, that they're all Nazis and deplorables and racists, evil people, corrupt people, how many doors across the planet are going to shut and not let us in, but will pile on? Where is our recourse? These people are being backed into a corner with alarming speed by the powers that be, by the corporate oligarchs, by Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, by Jeff Bezos, to where, what can they even say to defend themselves? Well, they can say about as much as the Trump legal team was allowed to say in court. If the court won't take up the case because you supposedly have no standing, it's only going to go one way, and you are at the mercy of the mob now. Woe to us who have nowhere else to go. Fortunately for Christians, we do have somewhere else to go. And that's why we don't mourn as those who have no hope. This is evil and wicked and corrupt what's happening to our country. It's heartbreaking. And yet we do not mourn as those who have no hope. And I think as I try to take myself in hand here, and I would encourage you to do so likewise, and I will pray for you likewise, and you can pray for me in a similar vein, we need to remember that God is still on his throne and that this is going to be one of those times that try men's souls. This is going to be an opportunity for us to stand up and be counted in one form or fashion it doesn't mean we sell our lives cheaply, and it doesn't mean that we cast our pearls before swine or we give the dogs what is holy. We might just have to become an underground church here in America far sooner than we thought. And yet we expected this day, many of us, to come sooner or later based on the kind of godlessness that was being promoted in our pop culture and in our media and in our halls of power, and in our education system. We expected that that godlessness would soon enough turn into a love affair with oppressive governmental systems. That people would become harsh and cold-hearted and ruthless toward dissent, and particularly toward the Christian worldview. And here we are. With that, though, this is all the more reason for us to love and encourage the brotherhood of believers, our fellow saints, those who are in Christ, invest in God's church, in Christ's church. Invest in your husband or wife if you're married. Invest in your children because... They are eternal. 
the rate of inflation going through the roof is not going to depreciate their value in God's eyes as his image bearers. And it doesn't devalue you either. Act in a way that honors God and in a way that reflects that you are made in God's image. Behave in such a way that when you are hauled before governors and kings and emperors and councils and it's demanded of you an explanation for why you didn't obey this or that arbitrary, capricious, mean-spirited rule, you have a good conscience. If you're going to end up in a jail cell for obeying God and honoring God, make sure that you have a good conscience to keep you company there. If you end up suffering, make sure it's for the right reasons Make it count. Let's trust to God. Let's not despair. Let's not lose hope. Let's set our sights on what God's word says is true and what is good. Let's pray to him. Let's entrust ourselves to him rather than being anxious for anything. And let's lean into this. Let's do it in an intelligent, wise way. But let's not lose heart, friends. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see. It's been a few days since the last time I recorded. We'll see how many episodes I can get out this week. It's been a busy week. I hope to record again before the week is over. But if I don't, whenever I get back to recording another episode, we'll see you then. God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. <laughs>